But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Where did Noah find grace? He found it in the eyes of God. Noah found because he was seeing the way God saw. He saw the eyes of God. He could see the way that God saw. He found grace in the eyes of God. I like the uh, New American Standard says he found favor. See, grace and favor basically is the same thing. But that's what Noah saw years and years, even before Abraham and all them. Noah saw the grace of God. And what a powerful thing. Noah was a man different than anybody else that was living in that day. Amen. So it's so important what we're seeing, how it can affect our lives. You know, Um, one thing is we don't want to see is we don't want to see death. We don't want to be looking at death. I was talking to someone. I won't say who. No, no. (laughs) I was talking to someone and uh, and he talked to me about he asked me about the gospel, something he had never done. And uh, he's, you know, first time in 40 years or whatever he ever asked me uh, about what I believe. Okay. Uh, No, you don't. They don't know. I'm not talking about you. No. No, you know what? I'm just trying to I'm trying to be careful not to name names. You know what I mean? I don't want to name names. You know, these these tapes can go all over the world, you know. You never know. You never know. Um, but anyways, it was the first time he, he really started asking me about my faith, which I was very thankful about. It was To me, it was like the person finally got comfortable enough with asking. Because sometimes people don't want to ask you because they don't want you to preach to them or whatever. But anyways, when we got done talking, and I just told him, you know, he's asked me some of the, you know, basically the benefits of walking with God, and I said, you know, I can have peace in this world. I have peace in my heart in this crazy world, violent, crazy world. And and it's like he was almost appalled by that. You shouldn't be able to have peace when the world's a mess like this. You know what I mean? Because, of course, he's not looking at things through the eyes of the Lord. He doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know how good our God is. But that was his natural thinking. How can you have? Because he don't have peace. You know, you don't have Jesus. You've got no peace. Let's face it. And he said, you know, it's not right for you to have peace. I said, well, I disagree with you. I said, you know, he gives us peace. That's one of the benefits of serving him. Um, But for us, as the people of God, he's teaching us and training us and helping us to not look at death. He doesn't want us to look at death. He doesn't want us to be looking at that dimension. But he wants us to see from his eyes, like Noah did, and Noah found grace. He wants us to see the way he sees things. We look at tragedy all around us. The Lord, he sees solutions. God sees the answers for the problems. He doesn't fall in, in just looking at all the problems and getting frustrated, okay? They're seeing from our natural eyes, and they're seeing from our spiritual eyes. 
We've got two sets of eyes. Did you know that? We've got our, our physical eyes and we've got our spiritual eyes, the way we can see things, you know, because we can operate in two realms. We can operate on the earth and we can operate in the kingdom. We can operate from the kingdom of heaven. And aren't you glad about that? And, you know, we've got two sets of eyes. And one set of eyes is greater than the other. Because God doesn't look from a natural standpoint. He's not looking out of natural eyes. God's spiritual. God is a spirit. Natural eyes, for an example, sickness symptoms come upon us and we see this. Okay? Someone may comment about my faithlessness not being in church last week. I'm not going to point fingers at anybody on that, but I'll remember that. Uh, But anyways... But naturalize is looking at sickness symptoms that come upon us and looking at that. Or we can change that and look for our spiritualize when sickness symptoms come on us. Instead of looking at the symptoms, we look from our spiritual eyes. And how do you do that? We look at it from the eyes of God. We look at the way God sees it. And he sees with his stripes we're healed. Amen. Your reality is this natural world is as real as can be, okay? And it's here. We face it. We're in it. But we can bypass this world into something higher. We don't have to stay and be affected by this world system down here. Tony, can you put John 8.51 on up there? This is from New American Standard. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That's quite a statement. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Okay, you can look at this from the natural. Everybody who's ever lived just about has died. Except a few that didn't die. Enoch. And um, Elijah, a couple bypassed death, but every, basically everybody else has died. Okay, so this, needs, this means something a little bit different than that physical death. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. See, our problem is we, so many times we see death, we're looking at death. We're being pulled into death. We're pulled into the negative. Okay, but if he says, if anybody keeps my word, keeps means to guard, to watch over. It basically means you take the word in, you don't let it go. Okay, it's one thing, because see, we hear the word. We hear the word, but so many times it's like that word comes in one ear and basically goes out the other. You forget about it. Ever read your Bible and you... Five minutes you're saying, what did I read? Right? But but keeping that word is when it comes in. And you won't let it go. Holding on to it. The Lord says, if you keep my words, if you take that word in, and you don't let it go, you'll never see the death of it, of whatever the situation we're dealing in. He does. See, he's trying to bring us from a place of, of elevated, elevation where we're living in a life where we're not falling looking at death. We're not falling or, or, or not falling, but looking at 
circum the death of circumstances and situations. We're not seeing death. We're seeing the life of everything. We're seeing the way God sees everything. We see how God's got life for every situation. That's a good place to be. Wouldn't you like to be in that place? Basically, means it just means keep God's word taken and not letting it go. Oh, life would be so much different if we didn't see death. It would be so much better if we didn't, you know, look at circumstances, bad report. Wouldn't life be so much better if those things didn't affect you? I think all our heads should be bobbling like that, bobbling. Oh, yes, it would be fantastic when I face a situation that uh, that all of a sudden I don't get pulled down to that. Oh, how much better would life be if I didn't look at death in you? And what do you mean by death in you? The negative things. Okay? There's no death in us, don't get me wrong, but, but let's look at it. But if I... When I just looked at everybody in here, and all I would see is God's life. God's life is love. And that's all I saw in you. Imagine that if you did that with me and we did that with one another. How much better our life would be. How much better our homes would be if husband and wife would just look at each other and just see God's life and see God's love instead of seeing all the things that we fall short on. Just imagine that in the church. If everybody in the church would would just look at each other and not see the death or see the negative in one another, but just see God's love. Man, that would be something powerful. I'll tell you something, it would change some, some atmosphere wherever we are. But you know, that's the way we, we, God wants us to be. Remember Paul said, nah, I, for now on, I know no man after the flesh. He, no man after the flesh. He was just, he would just see the Christ that's in us. You know what I mean? Why are we looking at negative things? Why are we looking at death? We're not dead. We're alive. You're not dead. You're alive. Why are we looking? Why do we look at those things? God says, come on up higher. Come on, I want to bring you to a place where you won't see death anymore. You'll just see life. Imagine that. The disciples were in the boat going across. Jesus said, let's go across to the other side. Jesus went in the back of the boat and fell asleep. Big storm happens, and these these fishermen all of a sudden they're screaming, crying out to the Lord, Lord, how can you sleep? Save us. You know, they, they, they saw the death. They saw the, the circumstance. They saw the situation. These, these fishermen who were used to fishing, this storm must have been pretty bad for them to be scared like that. They got all scared. They saw death. They saw death all around them. They saw this is the end. And Jesus wakes up and rebukes the storm. Jesus woke up and didn't get shaken because Jesus didn't look at death. Jesus already knew we're going to the other side. They already had a word from the Lord. We're going to the other side. But they forgot that because death got looked bigger than that. Let's go. Let's go to the other side. That word from Jesus got very was very small. As circumstances was very big. 
And that's what happens in our life. Depending if we keep looking at something, if we keep looking at something, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Amen? Amen. But our whole atmosphere would be changed in our church, in our homes, if we would stop looking at death and seeing death. Stop looking at all that stuff and just being happy, being happy, okay? See means to, so not see death, to be a spectator, acknowledge, to experience, okay? And, but why don't we see death? Why aren't we supposed to see death? Death is all around us, isn't it? We see death all around us. Well, next scripture, Tony. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Do you know that he abolished death? Do you believe that? Do you believe what the word says? He has already abolished death. He's already brought even immortality to light through the gospel. Okay? But, you know, if we believe in death, we'll see death. If we believe in death, we'll live in death. But if we believe what Jesus has done, he's abolished death. That's why he doesn't want us looking at that. We need to be looking at him. Amen? Amen. Amen, amen. So what are we seeing? He says, if you keep my saying... Literally, if we keep our eyes upon. Remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are whistleless. They are, that's right, they are spirit and they are life, okay? We want to keep our eyes on what God is saying. We want to keep our eyes on what God is saying. It's a powerful thing. I just want to check something here. You know, when you think of your eyes, what you see, it's amazing what the power of what you see with your eyes. You know, you can you can have see a tragedy in your life, be in the midst of a tragedy that affects your whole life, your whole life, unless God intervenes. You understand what I'm saying? Fear. Someone could experience a. Just see something, experience a tragedy, and never want to leave their house because of the power of what they saw. Okay? There's power in what we see. It so affects our lives. Well, same with our spiritual eyes. Okay? You know, we got five senses, but we got five spiritual senses too that God's trying to teach us to learn to live out of the five spiritual senses. And, and, uh, and one of them is seeing, seeing from the Spirit. It's powerful, too. It's powerful, too. You know when um, someone comes and gives you a word, a prophetic word, it's because they're either seeing it, they're seeing that word, they got a quickening in their, in their spirit on the word, they got a, or they got a picture of it, and they begin and they prophesy over you with that word. And how many know prophecy is powerful? Especially when a, you know, a prophecy comes out and, boy, this person don't know anything about you. 
It's amazing. I always like those kind of prophecies, especially. I like all prophecy. Well, not false prophecy, but I like all good prophecy. Um, but it's, it's powerful. It's, it, you know what I mean? I remember that I got a word when I was in Pinecrest years and years and years ago that changed my life. Literally changed my life. It was one of those points in my life where you have uh, 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 an encounter with God. I had an encounter with God. Boy, and it came, this woman gave me a word. She was from England. And she came over and she started speaking over my life. And man, oh man. And, and part of what she said, one of the parts of the word, is others too to it. Um, for fourteen I'll let you hear that prophecy. But no, but part of the prophecy was you will never disappoint me anymore. And it's not like we run around disappointing God. But I felt disappointing of God. I was still struggling with the old bottle back then. I mean, I was walking with God right from the beginning when I walked. Don't get me going and drinking again. This thing, But, you know, I struggled with that, but I was still struggling with it. And when I would fall, I would be feel so ashamed. Feel so ashamed, boy, God. Uh, you know? And... um but boy, that word, when I got that word, and she said, you'll never disappoint God again. And you know what? Never, ever got drunk again. Never did. That word, that encounter with God changed my life. That word that I got from God changed my life. But you know what? When we see God's word, when we see God's word, in whatever situation in our life, when we see that word and we declare that word, it's the same word as a prophetic word. It's as powerful. When we're looking at what God's word says about the situation, it's as powerful as that encounter I had with God, how that thing can change you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So important. You, you, it's powerful what we can see with our physical eyes. It is even much more powerful when we see things from our spiritual eyes, from the eyes of God, the way he sees things. Bible says, let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Okay? What do we need to see? We need to see Jesus. We need to see Jesus. In Hebrews 11.5 says, by faith, Enoch he was another one, was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained a witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. One, he was pleasing to God. Two, he was taken up. Three, he would not see death. Amen. Guess I want to tell you something. We're pleasing to God. Okay? We're pleasing to God. We're, we're in the same place as Enoch was of pleasing God. Jesus said about, uh, God said about Jesus, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. Well pleased. And we, he's, what another place he said, we're in the beloved, aren't we? We're in the beloved. We're well pleasing. And he took us up and raised us up with him. And seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, he raised us up. 
He's raised us up. He does. If you're raised up far above all principalities and powers, if you're raised up way beyond the clouds, way up in heavenly places, guess what? There's no death up there. We won't see death. But that's where he's raised us up to. So we need to taste life and not death. In Genesis 5.22, talked about how Enoch walked with God. Then Enoch, he walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Oh, uh, I'll just read. Ver- ver- you got 24 right there? Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. In verse 22, the Amplified says, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. And how did Enoch walk with him? You could say, how do we walk with God? I think we know. Uh, what's that? In agreement. Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two, or can two walk together except they were in agreement? I believe that Enoch, he walked with God. I believe he walked in agreement. I believe he had a relationship with God, that he served God, and he would listen to God. He walked with God. And boy, God was something. I don't know. God must have been pleased or something. Because he just took him. I don't know why. Maybe someday he'll show us. Why did he take Enoch? You know, why did he take Elijah? You know, that they would not have to see death. That's pretty nice, you know, to be to bypass that. But in John 8.52, in in 8.51 it says, If any man keeps my word, he will not see death. And the next verse says, And the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Never see death. Never taste death. And taste means to experience. If we hold on to the word, we don't have to see it, and we don't have to experience it. Does that mean we don't face trials? No, we face testings and we face trials. But we don't have to face the realm of death. Death is not a part of our, um, you know, something that we have. Jesus tasted death for us so that we didn't have to. In Hebrews 2.9. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Is there another verse in there, Tony? Yeah. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. To perfect. What's that? No. Um, in bringing many sons to glory. Okay? And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, 
we're living in glory. We're living in glory. There's greater glory, but we're living in glory. We're living in him. But Jesus tasted death for every one of us. We don't need to look at death. It shouldn't be something in our vocabulary. Why are we looking at death? Why are we looking at negative? Why are we looking at circumstances? Because whatever we're looking at, we get pulled into, correct? But we don't have to taste. The last scripture in Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If we eat of his life, if we eat of his life, life is, we're just going to be continually filled with his life as we just eat of his life. Eat of what he did. Eat of his, what he did for us. You know, he was crucified. He died. He was buried. He was quickened. He was raised. He was seated. All those six things that happened to Jesus. And aren't you glad? I love that. All six of those things are something that's already happened in our life. We're buried with him in baptism. We're raised up with him into a new life, you know, et cetera. We're seated with him at heavenly places. That's what we want to live on. We want to live and taste on the new life that we have. We want to keep our eyes on life. So keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on life. Amen. Amen.